if you haven't noticed, there is a passion for running that uh, runs through this congregation. I too run. Usually not marathons and that sort of thing, but I've been running a race for a while. Many of you are on the same race. The Apostle Paul calls the life of faith a race in which we endure to the finish. Each one of us has heard the voice of the Spirit of God in our lives, calling us, encouraging us, challenging us onward. Take the next step. Take the next step. Hear the voice of God. Listen to the will of God and serve him with your whole heart and your whole life. We have two uh, young adults from our congregation who have been taking specific steps in that journey of their own lives in the last little while. We have, uh, together with Multiply, our mission agency, we have Lindsay and Liam, who served as Focus Ministry interns this past year. They're going to tell you about the work that they were involved in and how God has been at work in their lives in these past months. And so I'm going to invite Lindsay to come first and share. Lindsay has been part of this congregation for most of her life, all of her life. And uh, God has been at work in her heart and leading her places. And Liam has come to us this past year as a, an intern who was working with us here in our next door ministries and reaching out into the community. And so Lindsay and Liam, blessings to you as you share with us and encourage us in how God leads us into serving him wherever we are. Thank you for having me here. I'm excited to talk with you today. Over the past six months, I've had the chance to step into an overseas missions experience. It has been wonderful learning so much more about what being a missionary could look like and seeing how God is at work in another part of the world and in preparing my heart. A year ago, I never pictured myself serving in Thailand. I was in the middle of my education degree at university and had intended to finish the five-year program all at once. I had no idea I would end up serving in the small town of Pantong, which is located in central Thailand. In the few months before I went to Thailand, I felt like God was calling me to trust him with everything I have and walk in the faith that he will provide. I felt my relationship with God being renewed and I was eager to find ways to serve him with my entire life. I had decided to volunteer at a week-long high school program that Multiply was running called Sore Heartland. I was just going to run their slides. It was at this program when someone from this church, who also works for Multiply, tapped me on the shoulder. He knew I was an education student, so he asked me if I would be interested in taking a year off and serving as a homeschool teacher in Thailand. I was caught off guard at first, but was definitely intrigued. A few days later, I messaged my mobilizers from Multiply about the possibility of going to Thailand that year. This sparked a few conversations about what this could look like and how they could get me to Thailand. In listening prayer, one of my mobilizers got an image of me with wings. As I flapped my wings, they grew. Every time I flapped my wings, they grew stronger and stronger, and my mobilizer thought this showed how my faith would grow stronger and stronger every time I said yes to serving him. This image stuck with me during my discernment, and I felt like it was, start, it was time to start saying yes to God. 
After a month of prayer and discernment, I decided to join a new program of Multiplies called the Focus Internship Program. This is a program that helps people discern whether long-term missions is for them. I felt like God was leading me into this and that he was calling me to step out in faith with him on this journey. I knew I had to trust God in this and give up control. In this, God blessed me with the most wonderful group of people and the placement that was the perfect fit for me. I never could have imagined it, but God knew exactly what I needed in this year. In this time, I had been serving as a homeschool teacher for the children of two missionary couples. This was filled with many hours of trying to remember high school math, guiding the kids through their assignments, teaching letters and sounds to the three and four-year-olds, games of hide and seek, and plenty of time getting to know the kids better. Helping with homeschooling allowed their parents to get some more work done, which in turn helped to grow their ministry. Both of these families came to Thailand from California originally. One of these families has been living in Thailand for over nine years, and their two boys have grown up in this country. Their parents were my leaders as well as my friends. The other family is new to the missions field and were also part of the Focus Internship Program because they feel called to Thailand. They have four kids between the ages of three and 15, and they were discovering what serving in Thailand could look like for their whole family. In addition to homeschooling the kids four days a week, I had been able to spend time making new friends and building connections with the Thai people. This has been through spending time at various coffee shops and talking to the owners, being part of the Pantong Home Church, and participating in outreach events around the holidays. By my side had been a girl from Paraguay who compliments me so well, which enabled us to have incredible evangelistic conversations. I never pictured myself being a long-term missionary, but after serving in Thailand for these past six months, I've had the chance to better understand how beautiful and fulfilling this role can be. I realized that living in a way that intentionally builds relationships can be done in my home country of Canada as well. I've been able to see how God is at work in another part of the world, which has been incredibly powerful to experience. God has been teaching me that no matter where we serve, whether in our own country or across the world, we are all called to be long-term missionaries wherever he has placed us. In Pantong, there's this cute little coffee shop called Lamoon. There are coffee shops everywhere in Thailand since the drinks are both affordable and loved there. It seems like every street has multiple coffee shops and this is a big part of Thai culture. This coffee shop in particular is beautiful. Behind a little white gate, there's a garden filled with flowering plants, succulents and hanging pots. There are little stone walkways and cats roaming around. In the back, there are places where I would do my devotions, as well as where myself and my friend would have some of our Thai lessons. The most beautiful part about this coffee shop is the owner. She has been running the coffee shop for a few years. She quickly realized that we were often at her shop to study the Thai language. In a way, she also became one of our language teachers, since she never let us get away with ordering our drinks in English. Through these little interactions, we had been able to develop a bit of a friendship, as I would learn more Thai, I could tell her more things and understand more of what she was trying to tell me. I looked forward to seeing her and getting to know her better. One day, the owner gave us some free brownies. We were delighted and asked her why we got such a sweet gift. She said that the next day was her birthday and that she was giving away free brownies because of it. I just smiled and said thank you, but my Thai language teacher saw an opportunity. I learned that my Thai teacher often uses her foreign missionary students to share the gospel. 
She told us that we are her bridge to share about God. This day, she did just that. She started talking to the owner and asked if we could pray over the owner and give her a blessing for her birthday. The coffee shop owner was excited and willing to receive a blessing. Even though she was Buddhist, she still accepted a blessing from us as Christians. The owner set up a camera to record this prayer of blessing, and we were able to pray over her that day. The owner was very thankful and was able to better understand what brought us to Thailand. While the coffee shop owner still isn't a Christian, it was amazing being able to pray over her and develop a relationship with her. I am encouraged by the way God provided this opportunity, and I know he will continue to open doors like this in the future. God has been at work in areas of my life that I didn't think I would have to worry about while in Thailand. We were at church one Sunday, and we did not have a translator. After church, we all had lunch together. Everyone sat in a circle on the floor, and we started eating our meal. This is when everything started to fall apart. All of a sudden, I heard my name from across the circle. I put my head up and looked around questioningly to see what was happening and why they were talking about me. They were laughing and looking at me. I was so confused, and then one of the Thai people tried to translate for me. In her broken English, she declared to us all that Lynchy is fat. Lynchy is what the Thai people call me. I must have looked pretty confused about this, so some more people started chiming in. It looks like Lynchy has a baby in her stomach. Do you like Thai food? Lynchy must really like Thai food. I felt my face fall, and my mind was racing with questions. Why would they say that? I'm not even fat. What if I am fat? I couldn't understand why the Thai people would say these things. I knew that talking about weight is a common occurrence there, but I was not prepared for those comments to be directed towards me. I was so confused and hurt by this, and I simply didn't know enough about the culture to have any answers. I was worried that this misunderstanding would affect my relationships with the Thai people. When the local missionaries came home, I explained what happened to them. They helped me understand that in the Thai culture, calling someone fat isn't usually meant as an insult, and that they would only say those things to people they felt close with. They also reminded me that this was a common misunderstanding for new missionaries, and that I wasn't alone in these insecurities. I came away from that conversation already feeling a bit better. I realized that I wasn't angry with the Thai people at all. I was just trying to understand their culture. I realized that this was actually such a good learning opportunity, since it would be very likely this would come up one day if I end up serving in Asia in the future. The Thai church leaders were told about this situation, and they humbly came to ask for forgiveness. They said this helped them to understand how a foreigner might feel coming to Thailand, and that they loved me and wanted to make things right. I am so thankful for this moment and that we were able to repair our relationship. It seems that God was at work in our hearts through this. He allowed me to learn an important lesson about Thai culture and how to communicate what happened in the right way. He provided a supportive community around me as I dealt with all of my questions and even helped the Thai leaders to understand as well. God was slowly shaping my heart this week, and I'm confident that he is working this way in the hearts of all of us if we can recognize his hand in our lives. As well as teaching me lessons about the Thai culture, God was also revealing to me how much joy there is in being a missionary by allowing me to share about Jesus in Thailand with someone who isn't even Thai. Around New Year's, myself and my missionary friend were able to go to a city in Thailand called Pattaya for vacation. This week was set apart as a time of rest and renewal, as well as a way for my missionary and friend and I 
to get to know one another even better. We had been talking about how we wanted to glorify God with our vacation time as well, but we didn't really know how to go about this. We didn't have any answers, but it seems that God was listening to these questions. It turns out that he was at work during this vacation week as well, since before we knew it, someone was approaching us on the beach. We had seen him earlier that afternoon, about 10 feet in front of us, but neither myself nor my friend had thought to say hello. He introduced himself and said that he was traveling from Australia. When we asked him what brought him to Thailand, he told us that he had recently quit his job and was on a trip to find purpose for himself. He was trying to figure out what to do next with his life and how to live a life that didn't feel so empty. He was not religious, but he seemed to be looking for things that only Jesus can provide. My partner and I were able to share that we're Christians and currently on a missions trip. He had many questions about what we believed, as well as asking questions about what to do with regret. He was searching for answers and was able to ask us some really deep questions during this three-hour conversation on the beach. He noticed that there was something a little different about myself and my friend and was curious to know what that was. Since this unexpected conversation in Pattaya, we've been able to stay in contact with our Australian friend, continuing to share with him and getting to know him better. I'm so thankful this guy was willing to approach us that day on the beach and that God was helping us think of the words to say. This allowed us to share the light of Christ to him and speak to him about an alternative way to live. I'm reminded of how great the need for Jesus is and how so many people are searching for peace, joy, and fulfillment that can only be found in Jesus. God has been teaching me to pay attention to the people around me and that if we allow it, there are so many opportunities to talk about Jesus. Even things like small talk on the beach or talking to people in the grocery store line can help build God's kingdom if we are willing to put ourselves out there and risk being rejected. I was so excited after this conversation and how God was providing an opportunity for us to point our friends towards him. This opened my eyes to the conversations we could all have at home, which could allow people around the world to come follow Jesus. I have learned how incredible it is to share the love of Jesus to the people around me, and I want to encourage you to do the same, no matter what context you find yourself in. God is powerfully at work in the world. I know he is calling you and I to join him in sharing the love of Jesus with the people we meet, whether at home or in another country. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me here both this morning and for welcoming me here over the past six months to FGMB as a church. It's been a real blessing and a huge privilege. So thank you very much. Um, so for the past six months, I have been doing something similar to Lindsay. I have been serving as a missionary here in Winnipeg in this neighborhood here, which you may be wondering, why would you choose to be a missionary in Winnipeg? That's kind of funny, isn't it? Why wouldn't you choose to, you know, go somewhere and go travel maybe? Because I've been wanting to do that for months or years and I haven't been able to. I can tell you, um, the short answer and the answer I like to say with people as a joke is, um, multiply our missions agency. There are local mobilizer. Carol sent me an email about a year and a half ago to say, Hey, would you consider doing the focus program? And I said, yes. So I like to say that it's Carol's fault that I'm here. In reality, I, I chose to be here. I promise. Um, yeah, I think also the reason why I chose to do this and why I chose to stay here in Winnipeg is just this strong sense of God calling me to stay here and to learn what it looks like to do missions locally, but also really increasing and just filling me with a heart for newcomers. And that's primarily who I have been 
serving with. Um, if you're somewhat familiar with this neighborhood or Winnipeg as a whole, you will know that Winnipeg is a very large community for newcomers, no matter which uh, end of the city you're in, whether you're in South Pembina, Elmwood, Maples, downtown, wherever you go, there are newcomers aplenty. And that's a wonderful thing. It means that for countries that are closed access to missionaries, it means that they're here. So, and they, they need Jesus too. And they need, of amongst many things, new, newcomers have a lot of pragmatic needs, like, you know, where to get their groceries, how to take the bus, where do I go to get my papers? How do I do this? How do I do that? And maybe they need other needs, emotional needs too. And one of those primary emotional needs is community. And so I have had the immense blessing over the past six months to really build community with a lot of newcomers here in this neighborhood. Um, how do I do this? Um, what's a typical week look like? I'm I'm not learning language. I'm not homeschooling. I'm I, things look a little bit differently serving here in Winnipeg. And so a typical week for me is we have a very wonderful uh, English class program that's here on Thursday afternoons at Fort Gary. It's very fun. There's a lot of people who come there. And so I would be there every week, meeting new people, having conversations, helping them learn English, and then also making friends there. It's a very easy way to make friends because you have to have conversation with them and they're learning how to have conversation. It's a, it's a great opportunity. Um, I also eventually, after developing some of these friendships through English classes, I would meet regularly with uh, three families or couples every Tuesday night, and we would share a meal together. We would take turns swapping homes. They would come to my place one week. I'd go to someone's house the next week. I was invited with two friends of mine for the first time into a new a couple who just arrived here, we were the first guests in their home and we shared a meal there together and it was delicious. My goodness, I love food. And so this is a great way to, to meet new people and to build a relationship with them is to meet them and just have a meal. Um, and then there would also be other things I would do like in my spare time, I would go and meet for coffee one-on-one -on -one with people. We'd go to a coffee shop, talk, how are you doing? What's going on in your life? They'd ask me questions, be like, hey, I have a question about this. I had a very funny story. Like one time I was about to meet with someone for coffee on a Thursday morning and the lady I was meeting, she texted me. She was like, Liam, I got this really crazy envelope from the courthouse. What's happening? And she was very concerned. She thought she was in trouble. And I was like, can you send me a picture? So she sent me the picture. I looked at it. I was like, oh, you've just been called in to do jury duty, which that's great. You're not in trouble. You just have to go to the courthouse and I had to attempt to explain what jury duty was to her because I have no idea. I've never done it before, which is kind of ironic. The newcomer in in my life is the one going to jury duty and me who has lived here my entire life was not. And I had no idea what to tell her. I had to try and guess. So maybe one of you can come and tell me what uh, jury duty is after the service so I can better explain that next time, please and thank you. Uh, so things like that will happen and it's a lot of fun. And then also larger events, I would help to coordinate some of those things. So you may remember over the course of spring break, we had a couple teams of high school students come and volunteer here throughout spring break and giving up their spring break to help run a program so that kids from the neighborhood and from this church could come and have something to do over their spring break, which is also a great way to bless both those kids when giving them something fun to do. As I heard from a parent that is also a good friend of mine, her daughter loved it and had a great time, which is amazing. But also parents, that's a huge blessing to them because for a lot of newcomers, they 
can't take time off during spring break to be with their kids because they have to go to school so they can keep their student visa. They got to work so they can get enough hours so they can get their PR cards and they got to do what they need to do so that they can, you know, stay in Canada, which is what they want to do most of the time, which it's a huge blessing to them. And there are many parents who are very thankful that they had a place to send their kids that was both safe and fun for them. And they didn't have to think about, oh, what's my kid doing at home? Hopefully they're okay because they can't be there with them. So larger things like that, um, I was also a part of and had the opportunity to make plentiful connections with people um, over the course of the past six months. And I have a lot of good new friends now who are from all over the world, from all different continents and all different backgrounds and whatnot, which is incredible. One such person, I'm going to call her V, uh, just because I don't know who's watching this live stream. So I need to be, want to respect her privacy. Um, so she, V is one of the first people that I met. I think I met her the first week I was at English classes, which was very exciting. Um, Right away, we made a very funny connection. For those of you who don't know, my second language is Japanese, actually. And so this lady was from not Japan, but was a translator for a Japanese company. And so I met her and I was like, something's, you sound very familiar, but we've never met what's going on. And so then in talking, we discovered that we both speak Japanese, actually, and that she used to translate. And that was a really random connection that was very God-given because what are the odds that I, a second language Japanese speaker, would meet someone else who spoke Japanese as a second language and translated and whatnot. Like the odds of that in Winnipeg are very low, which was really cool. And we were able to become good friends very, very quickly because we had this common connecting point and we'd be trying to talk back and forth and we use English. And then if one of us didn't understand something, we'd switch and we use Japanese and back and forth and back and forth. It was very cool and also kind of crazy. The next week she was there again and I got to see her and bear in mind, we've, we've the amount of time that we had spent together at this point was about three hours total over the course of two weeks. Um, and very quickly she was very willing to open up to me and just tell me about what things going on at home. She has a teenage son and she's like, oh, my son, he's not talking to me. I don't know if he's okay. What's going on? And what's happening? I don't know how to connect with my son. And I was like, A, shocked that she would want to open up to me about this. I'm just a 25-year-old kid. But she was willing to trust me with that. And then also I thought, oh, how interesting, because at one point in my life, I was that kid that was very closed off from my parents, didn't want to talk to them, didn't want to share anything, was very like kept to myself. And so I was able to share that part of my testimony with her and say, I used to be this kid, but because of what God has done in my life, that connection with my parents was able to be healed and restored. And I was able to share that with her and encourage her in that way. And then I was able to pray with her afterwards, which was super exciting. She was very like, yes, she felt very like loved and connected with and cared for, which was beautiful. And as far as I'm aware, the relationship with her son actually improved, actually, which is also really cool. I like that part of that story. Um... So these are just a few samples and stories of what I've done. If you want to hear more, you're welcome to come and find me afterwards. Um, but in closing, before I leave, I just want, like, I want to encourage you to look in your neighborhoods, whether you live like here on Pembina, like I do, or whether you live in a residential neighborhood or whether you live in a different part of the city and 
look around you to see who you can connect with. One of the incredible blessings that I've had is to be able to make these connections, but I am just, I'm one person. And so there's only so much that I myself can do to go and reach people and to meet people and to build community and be community for other people. Jesus himself said that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers for, are few. And there is so much, there's so many people who are eager for connection and wanting to hear about Jesus and who have questions about faith and who want to have these conversations, but they don't have anyone to talk to. And so I'd encourage you that as you're looking around in your communities, don't be afraid to go and say hi to your neighbor or your coworker or make friends with your kids' parents and invite them over for dinner and enter into relationship with them. If you're looking for a very tangible way to do that over the summer, go find Lizzie after the service because that's a really, she set that up nicely for, for you. You can go and just talk to her and then build a connection that way. And it's beautiful. Thank you very much. 